0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 66 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and something special today. We are actually going to preview both ALDS series, and so we welcome in somebody outside of the brethren of the rotation. Who knows? Maybe he'll be a future member of the Chris Rose Rotation. He is formerly of the Cleveland Indians, now of the Cleveland Guardians, catcher Austin Hedges. Hello, Austin. How are you?
1: Good, Rosie. How are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely, I, you know, I was—I want to kind of get a little bit outside of of the normal six guys that we have in the rotation throughout the twenty twenty one season. Give them a little bit of a breather, let them catch up with their family, and so I thought you would be perfect. In part because I was searching your social media, and I said anybody that is willing to talk shit to their wedding guests is okay in my book. I want everybody to <laughs> give a listen
1: to this. The next point I would like to make is if you're sitting in your chair doing one of hmm, my boyfriend's not here, right? Hmm, I'm not happy. Get up, grab a glass of champagne, go find someone, because we're gonna f-ing party. Okay? Listen, we're gonna party, and I want to see every single one of you motherfuckers on this dance floor celebrating Margaret Rose and myself, and I love you guys. Uh. Wow. Yeah, that happened. That was, uh, hey, it worked. It worked. <laughs> they, uh, I didn't see any, you know, I, too many times you go and you, you're, you're at a wedding, you're at something, you, you, you see those people are, and they're just poor me, poor me. And I'm like, not my wedding, not today. I, we're going to have fun and you're not going to ruin my time and my wife's time. And I mean, we had, <laughs> we had a blast. So it was, uh, that's fun.
0: Okay, so I love the sentiment. I'm not so sure I could have said "all you motherfuckers" with my parents there. I'm not so sure I could have pulled that off.
1: How'd that go? Mm, My mom is the sweetest lady in the whole world, and she—I remember making eye contact with her, like as like the second fucker came out, and I was like, "Oh, mom, I'm so sorry." (laughs) I. But then my dad, my dad had already like I told him in in his. in his speech he was my best man I told him in his speech like go for it you like nothing's off limits you can wear me out and this guy just went for the jugular and so I kind of got set up like a bunch of the guys when they kind of uh they kind of did did the nice roasting part of it so I had to make sure I got a couple people back but that was that was one of the main parts but uh I, my, my mom wasn't super thrilled
0: uh you are here to break down the two AD- ALDS series and we'll get to that momentarily but I got to ask, there's always a loose cannon ball player at one of the weddings. So who
1: was it? You know, it was. Uh, there, there, there were there were uh, there, there weren't a ton of ball players there. One of the funny parts was actually in that in that same speech. Um, I had, I had Scott Boris sitting next to Ron Fowler, one of the older owners for the, uh, Padres. And I made a sure I mentioned, I said, Scott, you know, thank you so much for coming, Ron. Thank you so much for coming. It's not coincidence that I sat you two next to each other. Cause if I'm not leaving here with one of those Manny Machado contracts, then this is all just a waste <laughs> of time. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was like, okay, I got, I got this. I got Scott Boris and I got an owner of a team sitting like, and I was like, my wife was like, where do I sit them? I'm like, what are we talking about? I need them together. I need them scheming. I need them to tell me how much they love me all the time. (laughs) So maybe I was the loose cannon. I was the loose cannon at my own wedding. That sounds about
0: right on course, which is why you are here for the next several minutes to break it all down. Let's start with the uh, series. that's going to get going between uh, a team you're very familiar with the AL central winning Chicago white Sox, taking on the Houston Astros. The best of five series will start in Houston. As of the taping of this show, um, we know Lance McCullers is going Game One for the Astros. We think it's going to be our Chris Rose rotation buddy, Lucas Giolito, that'll get the ball over Lance Lynn in Game One. But once again, as the timing of this taping, we're not exactly sure of that. With all that being said, these are two really good lineups. You are a catcher. Which one is tougher to navigate through?
1: Ah, oh, it's it, it's funny. So I mean, we got to we got to face the. I had to get freaking Tim Anderson, Mancada, Bray, all these guys out so many more times than we had to get the Astros out. Luckily, you know, we only had to play them twice. Um, but I would probably have to give the edge to that Astros team. They're a little bit more disciplined. The, I mean, one through nine on both teams are outstanding. Mm-hmm. And honestly, having having Luis Robert back was a monster to get back because we all knew how good he was. Well, I mean, maybe not, honestly. We all knew he was really good. But when he came back, I was like, there were some things he did that were uh, like best in the league things like bat speed. Sometimes when I'm catching, I can just feel, you know, I don't know how fast your bat speed is, but I can feel it. Like when Joey Gallo gets up to hit, like you can like feel his swing going. Luis Robert, there was like, I'm throwing this guy every pitch in every location and he's just on it without like having to commit super early. And so I was blown away by him. So he having him, Eloy, him in his back, you know, is, is monstrous for the, for the white Sox, but there's something about that Astros team that one through nine, they don't chase and they can slug you. And in my opinion, the two biggest things for an offense slugging and on base, right? You know, o- OPS is, is King these days. So when it's a team that aren't going to swing at your bad pitches and make you come into the zone and when you do, they're going to slug you. And that's why I think I give the slight edge to the Astros.
0: Who is the toughest out in the Astros lineup and why?
1: i uh, Gosh, there's a lot of them. Altuve is really tough because he's nine feet off the plate. He's in the front of the box. He's in this really random spot of the box that, you know, like as a catcher, I'm pretty much in a, in a small area, very consistently when Jose is hitting, I'm like a good foot and a half closer to the plate. Where like, I'm almost like, if I went down on my knees, I'd be on top of home plate. It's, it's a bizarre spot to be in. So it, it's that already makes it uncomfortable for your pitcher because it's just a weird visual. Like, what is this? How is he so far off the plate? So close to me and he can cover everything. But that being said, Yuli Gurriel became, uh, I, uh, you know, I didn't play in the AL much um, my whole career, but facing him was one of the toughest outs as well. So I think uh, I'd say Jose Altuve, like everybody knows, but, um, but Yuli Gurriel is, you know, it's awesome that it might be him.
0: With with Altuve, is it just that he seems to barrel up anything? Like he could hit a pitch two feet over his head and it still seems like he can do damage.
1: What, whatever – so he went way more pull this year. I, once again, not playing him a ton before. I feel like I remember him using the whole field a lot more. I feel like this year he just went, I'm off the plate, I'm going to dive, and I'm going to cover If you go anything from middle away towards middle in or towards honestly in off, I'm swinging, I'm getting the head out and I'm going to, and I'm going to do some damage Or occasionally he'd slap his hits a little bit, but I felt like he was just trying to do damage and like super off the plate dive out for the ball. And with his, with his smaller body, it almost like helps him. Like you, you can't beat him in. His arms are small and he's got such amazing hands that when you try and get in on him, he can suck those things in so quick where, you know, it, may, it makes it really tough.
0: Is there a guy in the White Sox lineup that maybe we don't think about as much going into a five-game series that we should be paying close attention to?
1: The One guy that, that ended up playing a lot for them, that's a really nice player is Gavin Sheets. He, uh, you know, with, th- their team got very hurt for a while and were mm-hmm. still able to win a lot of ballgames. And that guy came up and did the two things that I kind—I was talking about earlier: the the slug and the walk. The guy goes up there and he doesn't have a lot of chase, and when you come to his spot in the zone, he can whack it. So that right there, you know, that's the that's kind of the DNA of a really good hitter, in my opinion. I felt like he had that, and I mean, this guy was hitting four hole, and he was hitting nine, and then he was hitting nine hole when all the guys came back. So this was a guy that was helping him win ball games, hitting cleanup behind uh Jose Abreu and now he now he's at nine hole I mean that's that that that's a deep piece for them that um you know I don't even know if he's going to be starting um but if he is I think he's a sneaky sneaky player that could that could win a ball game for you in one swing
0: I'm so old I remember his dad's entire career Larry Sheets that's how old I am did you even know his dad played in the show
1: I thought it might have been Ben Sheets son or something but that was wrong (laughs) <laughs> was ben, geez, <laughs> <Link>? <laughs> it was Ben sheets that big, like That's That was not it. It was wrong sheets. That's what, that's that's what my head went. <laughs>
0: um, there was something that that came to fruition the last week of the season, where Jose Abreu got hit. You know, he got hit over twenty times this year, and Detroit pegged him on the elbow, and we had a little dust up when he slid hard into Nico Goodrum at second, and all that sort of stuff. Is the book you better bust that guy inside or you're dead?
1: The book on every – maybe 100% of big league hitters, the book is get in on them and make them uncomfortable. You have to. When you're facing an elite hitter that can do things that, you know, at an MVP caliber level like Jose can, you have to make them uncomfortable. You're not trying to hit them by any means. But you have to throw pitches inside. And guys like him that are big bodies that tend to lean out over the plate, um, there's less room for, for error where a ball might, might hit you. But good hitters get hit. Good hitters stay in there, and they'll get hit. But when you think about it, that's just helping them. You're getting on base as long as you're not getting seriously hurt. Um, but anytime I'm facing a guy like that, you know, you got to be careful. Oh, You got to make sure – you make a pitch because first of all, you want to get ahead, but you don't want to get ahead to a point where it's a home run. Then after that, you got to do something after you get ahead to make him uncomfortable. You know, whether it's speed him up some more to slow him down, maybe it's slow him down to speed him up. You got to do something to get him off of his plan, which is a really, really damn good plan. Obviously, if he's an MVP of a league. So for me, like, it, if really with anybody, it would never. It's never. It's never going to be a surprise if you're seeing me catch and I'm calling fastballs in. Just because I think you have to. If you just live away, live away, and guys are leaning out over, it's just going to be a comfortable at bat. And if you're comfortable in the box, you have an advantage.
0: Have you ever had guys that have talked to you? Like, what the fuck was that all about?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that <laughs> – there's all kinds of great dialogue that happens in the box. Ideally, most of it's all in good fun. But sometimes, like, I mean, I mean, there's a perfect instance. It actually wasn't with me, but this season we hit – Abreu and uh, Tony Larusa came running out to yell at Roberto Perez. And we're like, dude. <laughs> like, like he was mad at him for calling like a fastball inside. <laughs> like, Sorry, dude. Like we, we gotta go. <laughs> Just because your name Jose Abreu doesn't mean you are now like, you're not allowed to be thrown fastballs inside. <laughs> Sorry. We, we have to do it. So like some people take it, uh, the guys don't want to get hit, <laughs> but at the same time, Guys don't want to get hit so bad that they don't that 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 it affects them. If me hitting you, if I hit you on the elbow and you get really upset about it, sadly, all it tells me is that you don't like getting hit by pitches. If you don't like getting hit by pitches, I'm gonna try my best to make it seem like balls are coming towards you. So then you you're aware in here. Now I throw you some sliders away or something. Just anything to get you off of your plan. So it might make you upset, but as baseball fan, like. I'm not your best friend, you know. We can grab beers after the game, but right now, like, sorry.
0: By the way, dude, people don't know you got nailed in the dome this
1: year. I did that one fun. That one fun. My uh, my wife wasn't super thrilled with that one.
0: What uh, can I ask you about getting hit in the head? Because it looks terrifying. Like I remember in eighth grade getting scared of the baseball when guys started throwing hard. I can't imagine what it's like taking 95 to the head. Do you, do you it's have any weird, memory man.
1: Of it? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I remember the whole thing. Um, it didn't knock me out. It was, it's weird because I, I was so, I think one of the hard things about this day and age with, with how, with how hard guys are throwing and guys that will throw up and in sadly as a hitter now uh, the breaking ball that I might want to hit if I'm looking for that basically has to start where a fastball at my face is starting. And so if you're staying in there and you want to stay in and make sure you don't like if I'm getting that that kind of front door slider that is going to end up middle, I have to, I have to keep my head in there and I got to be ready to hit it. But if that thing stays straight and doesn't break, then it's coming right in my head. And I think on that specific pitch, I was looking soft, I was so committed to soft that I was like going to keep my head in there like I got to I got to stay in on this pitch that by the time it, it came, I, I didn't have time to get out of the way. Cause I, I usually have time to get out of the way. I don't know, but, uh, it was weird, man. It was weird. And I've had a minor history of concussions. Just, I had one before, uh, this one caused one, but it was, it was weird. It was an accumulation of a lot of backswings, foul tips. That's usually where I get hit is the, uh, is behind the plate, foul tip backswing. So, um, it was weird. Concussions are no fun. I, uh, I've got, I've got a little bit of history with those and anybody that's not taking full precautions to try and avoid those things. Trust me. You, you don't want one of those. You go straight, straight crazy.
0: Your attention, please. Batting lead off for the LA Dodgers is lawnmower 4.0 from our friends at Manscaped. Yeah, this is a fourth generation trimmer. It's going to help you dodge your hairy situation south of the equator, much like the Baltimore Orioles dodged the wind column in 2021 i kid because i care anyway the performance package 4.0 is manscaped fastball right down the middle takes care of all of your grooming needs and it's waterproof as well we got all sorts of stuff including an ear and nose hair trimmer which i really need uh formulations and two free gifts you got a shed travel bag you also get the manscaped boxer briefs which michelle rose loves by the way you also have a crop preserver ball deodorant a crop reviver ball toner it's meant to keep you smelling fresh and keep you nice and clean so once again it's the lawnmower 4.0 and here's the greatest deal of all you get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the code word rose at manscape.com i'm going to repeat that again you get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the code word ROSE at manscaped.com. It's the postseason. Clean yourself up for yourself and that someone special in your life. All right, let's get back to the fun stuff here. Uh, the pitching staffs of these two teams. Obviously, you saw the the monsters on the south side of Chicago almost 20 times this year. Uh, Houston, I think, has one of the most underrated starting staffs to the point where Zach Greinke is going to start this series in the bullpen, and who knows if he's even going to get a start. Um, can Houston's starting rotation keep up with Chicago's?
1: I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think Houston, Houston's going to have to pitch. They're not, they don't have the stuff. The thing about Chicago is they don't really have to pitch. They can go out there and throw and be way better than you. And honestly, if their starter doesn't go that well, they've got some of the nastiest arms in the bullpen that I've ever seen. So, like the pitching side, like I'm going to give Chicago a pretty distinct advantage, in my opinion. To facing those guys, they can, golly, man. I mean, from when you when you know you got to go out and face Lance Lynn, who's going to throw you 99% fastballs, but they go in different directions. It's 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 a it's a unique at bat. Like they have a lot of unique pitchers that can do some things that are that are very rare, and I think. Houston's a little bit more generic. They have guys that can pitch. They're going to have to. They're going to have to know their game plan. They have to make adjustments immediately. You know, luckily they got a guy like Maldonado back there who has been here before, and I think they're going to need to lean on him a lot to, uh, you know, psychoanalyze this White Sox team and figure out what they're trying to do. And if they can figure out that this White Sox team is trying to, you know, whether they want to stay on the heater, they want to do whatever. They're going to have to do that and have to make a lot of adjustments so they can compete in this.
0: Yeah. You talked about that white Sox bullpen for people that don't know the young guys. I mean, we know about Kimbrell, we know about Liam Hendricks, right? So you've got that taken care of, but it's the bridge guys that are so ferocious and I don't know what role each of them are going to play moving forward. I think eventually they're both starters and I'm talking about from the right side, Michael Kopech and from the left side, Garrett Crochet. And I, n- neither of them look like a fun at bat to me.
1: I mean, <laughs> their, their, their whole team throws 100. Then they got like a, they got a, they got a Ruiz guy who I played with when I was like 18 with the Padres and he was a catcher. Now he throws a hundred off the mound <laughs> and you got bummer who's throwing turbo sinkers at a hundred or 95 from the left side. Tapera has got to wipe out sliders. What happened is like they're there. It, it doesn't matter who they throw out there. Um, who am I missing? They got, uh, bar bar. Is that right? Big, tall guy. They, they're endless amount of arms and they all throw a hundred. Like every time like my guy I tell my head coach, go choose this guy. I don't know some guy for the White Sox. But there's a hundred. Just be ready. <laughs> like, yeah. Here you go. That's so, so like, that's, that's, that's just what you have to be prepared for when, when Copac and Copac can give you multiple innings. Uh, crochet could probably give you multiple innings. Like they've got guys built up that, they're they're in position where they don't they have an advantage like I was saying where we, their stuff is so good they don't really have to pitch. If they do pitch as well, it, it's honestly it's their World Series to lose if all that talent plays to its fullest. I think it's the most talented team uh, in baseball.
0: When it comes to the managers, it's the first time ever we're going to have two guys in their seventies managing against each other in the playoffs. And both these the first two games will be day games. Are we most concerned yeah. that? um one of the guys is gonna fall asleep for an afternoon nap
1: oh man oh i hope uh i hope tony has his coffee in the morning he's gonna it might be uh it might be an early one for him but that is that's funny but i mean you got two two absolute legends going out there that uh that have that have world series that have dusty's won a world series, right?
0: No, he hasn't. Remember they lost. He hasn't. No, they lost game seven when he was with the giants to the, to that's right. Yeah, it was, that's right. I will say this though. And you've had an opportunity to play for, for some interesting managers. And, and obviously with Terry Francona with the health issues, you probably haven't gotten the full dose of Tito there, but dusty, the guys I've talked to that have played for dusty, love him, love him. And it's so interesting because You've got the 180 of so much of the baseball world can't stand the Astros based on what happened in 2017, but a lot of the baseball world would love to see Dusty win a ring. You know,
1: Dusty's a lovable guy, man. Like just we uh, we traded for Miles Straw and mm-hmm. the unbelievable guy, and he had just absolutely nothing but good things to say about pretty much the whole organization. But but Dusty and. Um, I mean, I remember that, that that World Series. I, for whatever reason, I thought he might have won one. I feel like he'd been to a thousand World Series with other teams, but I was an Angels fan, you know, watching watching Dusty Baker manage Barry Bonds. So, you know, all that history. I mean, if, if you've managed that many teams and had that much success, you you got to be doing something right, mm-hmm. you know. You know, uh, uh, Larusa as well. So, um, it, the history is, is amazing. It's two guys that have that have been there so many times where you know, it's not going to phase them a whole lot. And the, the team that goes out and buys into what they're talking about the most and is, is, is cool. And just acts like it's a, it's a baseball game that you need to go in. Um, You know, whichever, whichever manager can, can do that. Uh, If they can handle it, like I know Tito can, then they're going to be, they're going to be in great shape because if they're anything like Tito, then they're, they're one of a kind.
0: All right. Last thing in this series before we move on, uh, I mentioned the Astros and the cheating scandal. Do, do you think most baseball players are rooting against them in the playoffs or do you th- think most players don't care and they've moved on?
1: Um, I would guess most, most players are rooting against them, but I don't know if that's above 50%. Right? It might be 50%. Um, I know it rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way. Um, most guys, but at the same time, um, time does heal all wounds, and it, obviously, a lot has has uh, blown over. Um, so, honestly, how do you, how do you I, see them?
0: How do you, when you look at the Houston Astros, is the first thing you think of cheating, or have you got have you mentally gotten past it?
1: The first thing I think of is cheating. It's just it's, it's 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 the first thing that comes to your comes to your mind, especially when 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 they win um, and everything happened. But at the same time, I know a lot of guys on that team. I know a lot of coaches and people that are amazing human beings. And I still, you know, I still have respect for them. And I know people make mistakes and things happen. But for me, I've pretty much moved on. Thought, I thought, I, I think of it, but now it's time. I don't, they're, they're, you know, they have the same restrictions that every other team does now. With There's there's MLB security everywhere. Like it'd be, if you're cheating now, you're you're, it's honestly hats off. That's impressive. Um, so it's a fair game now. So what happened in the past, I'm over it. Like that, yeah. It's it's, t- it's 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 still recent enough where like you think of it, but when it comes down to it, when they go out and play baseball, it's going to be a fair playing field. And I'm looking forward to watch them because I think they're all a. It's a talented organization with a lot of talented ball players that I enjoy watching play. Okay,
0: real quick, I got to stop because you got you got a buddy over your right shoulder. Introduce uh, the Rose Rotation populace to your furry friend.
1: <laughs> hey, come here. This is Bo.
0: Come here, Bo. Oh, here's Bo. Bo.
1: We got Bo and Bruce. This is <laughs> Bo Jackson. He's my nine year old lab, and then we got Bruce Wayne over there. He's Batman. He's the uh, he's the one year old Great Dane. <laughs> he's a, he's a psychopath. But uh, yeah, we got a we kind of got a, a doghouse here. Now they're doing some things that you probably can't show on camera. My goodness. Oh.
0: Yeah, we probably can actually, but
1: we could a little I little. Mean, if you're into that.
0: <laughs> I'll, let them, I'll let them have their privacy, whatever they want to do. You know, I'm good with, you know, it's their lives. I don't sit here and judge. Okay. Thank you. Hey gang, look, nobody's perfect. People strike out with the bases loaded. We saw people missing short putts in the Ryder Cup. Sometimes you come up a little short and it happens in the bedroom as well but our friends at GetRoman want to help you. So go to GetRoman.com slash John now. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for all forms of EED. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional is going to work with you, sit down. If medication is required, it gets sent free with two-day shipping to your home. So the great part about this no doctor's office visits. You don't have to stand in line at the pharmacy. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. So getting started is really simple. GetRoman.com slash John and complete an online visit. Take care of your form of ED today. It's GetRoman.com slash John Boy now, and you get 15 bucks off your first month. Once again, that is GetRoman.com slash John Boy. If medication is required, two-day free shipping Get started now and save 15 bucks on your first month. Let's make the seamless transition to um, <laughs> the best team in the American <laughs> league, the Tampa Bay Rays playing host to the wild card winner, the Boston Red Sox. And I ask the probably easiest yet most difficult question. How do the Rays do it?
1: I mean, they, they commit to something. Apparently they commit to something. And I think pretty much, in all of baseball, like everything that you're gonna go do great, you know, you gotta fully commit to it. Whether it's a pitcher, gotta be convicted in that pitch, whether it's a hitter's gotta be convicted in his plan. I think it starts from up top. They have some type of plan that they go do and that they commit to from the players they get, the people they get, and to how they play the game, how they manage their bullpen, who starts in what situation. They play the 162 season. They don't play the which I think a lot of teams Too often, each game, individual game, is like play like ride or die. And sadly, we play a sport where no one's ever going to go 162-0. If you're the best team of all time, you might win 110 games. There's a lot of games to lose that it's okay. And if you play the long game of like – here's an example. It's like striking out looking over striking out swinging. If I told you you're going to strike out 100 times – but all swinging. So you're always going down battling. Would you rather do go down a hundred times swinging or 50 times looking probably going to take the 50 times looking. It's a little bit more embarrassing, you know, keeping the bat on your shoulder, like, but you didn't battle quote unquote, but the reason guys go out there and that are willing to strike out looking, I think it's not commitment to that one at bat. It's a commitment to a 600 at bat season. If I take every single borderline pitch I'm going to get on base more and get not only wait out more mistakes, but I'm going to swing, not swing at those pitches that either are going to be called balls or I don't want to hit anyways. But the only reason I'm doing it is not for that one at bat or that one pitch. It's actually the long game because over the course of time, it adds up where I think the rays do something like that, where they're like, we're going to play every righty against this left-handed pitcher. We're going to bring in this type of bullpen guy to face this type of guy. We're going to bring in these types of people that can play different positions and it's not going to work sometimes, but at the end of 162, we will have an advantage more often, and we're going to – they're just gambling. They're playing poker. Like, we're going to take our 60% versus 55% chance. Small percent, but enough over the course of 162 games where it equals a lot of wins. And that's what, that's what I got on that.
0: It's interesting. Really, I've never thought of it that way, and I, I think you, you probably nailed it. With all that being said, I think part of the reason people have a tough time gravitating toward the Tampa Bay Rays is they don't let their stars develop into stars in Tampa. They get rid of them before they have to pay them like stars. With that being said, and I know you only faced them twice this year in series, who's the guy who are the one or two guys in that lineup where you're like, "Those guys are damn good baseball players, man. Don't sleep on them."
1: Um, so the two guys that I think are damn good ball players Lau and Zunino. This they they both go up there and they hit one something or two twenty. Like they don't have these big sexy batting average numbers, but they can work a walk and they can beat you with on any swing. Both of those guys, I knew like if I pitched really really well, I'm gonna get them out. But if I made a mistake, it's a homer. And those two guys, you know, obviously like they've got a bunch of other guys too, but. Whatever whatever reason, from the right side Zunino, from the left side Lau, when they came up, I didn't, I felt like if I went inside, they were gonna hit a pull side homer. If I went away, they were gonna hit a backside homer. And they and they didn't have a lot of chase either. And once again, going back to that, the slug and the chase thing, those are my two biggest fears as a catcher. If you don't chase and you slug me, I gotta do a lot of work. If you chase and you slug, I'm just not gonna give in. Uh-huh. These guys and this whole team, really, they just they commit to that plan too. So I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, I think Zunino is one of the one of the best catchers in baseball. I love watching the guy play, um, and I think he always shows up in the playoffs and has monster playoffs. I think Lau does too. The fact that they've been there because um, they've got new pieces too, but the guys that have been there, the Arroza Rainas too, I think these are going to be the guys that that are going to need to carry them because uh, the moment won't seem too big for them.
0: And one of the guys they did bring in midseason was Nelson Cruz. How much does his dynamic change a lineup? I mean, you faced him with the Twins there in, in the Central before the deal.
1: God, I mean, he's he's unbelievable. He's I don't know how he does it. He just stands there and can. He just stands there, puts his toe down, swing. Like I, I don't know how he how he does it, but he can cover everything. He's another guy like when facing Jose Abreu, where like. You got to get in there. You got to try and make him uncomfortable because if he's up there and he looks like he's like, usually does, just chilling, waiting for you to throw a mistake. If he has that, you're not going to get him out. You're just not going to get him out. He can, cause he can hit for average too. He's one of those freaky guys that not only can he slug you, not only can he take his walks, he can also take a hit. He'll just be like, ah, whatever. Stop throwing me sliders down away. I'll hit my single to right. So you stop throwing that, maybe come into me and I can hit a homer. He's just, he's a really smart, Really amazing hitter, just one of the better hitters of our generation, and that was a monster trade for them.
0: And he's got great eyebrows. I don't know if he – sometimes you gets a start – Yeah, he, he really does. Next time he comes out of the dish and you're just like, <laughs> you know what, Chris Rose told me you have great eyebrows, and he's not joking. Like, it'll <laughs> throw him off his game a little bit.
1: I don't mind doing that. I need something to throw him off his game.
0: See that does that shit happen with bull Durham? Like, you know, sure. Crash Davis, like really, you remember a conversation you had with somebody where you tried to fuck them up. My
1: favorite thing to do is it it, uh, it's it'll happen to anybody. Like anytime a guy's going well, I try and remind them when they come into the box, like, you know, they'll tell me nice swing or something if I got a hit. So I try and tell them nice, nice swing or something on their hit, but I tell them what they did mechanically that I thought because it wasn't mechanics. I'm like, hey, man, you are just, you're getting your foot down early right now. It looks really good. Or like, Man, your, your hands are really getting back on time, really clean. Something that I don't even know if, what it is, but something maybe they think about, oh, man, am I getting my hands? He said that. I'm doing that. Anything to make you think about something physical, because if you're thinking about anything physical in the box, you're done. So that's one of my little things, because it, 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 it's, it's all in good fun. Like, hey, man, you did a great job. Please think about that so I can get you out.
0: Uh, that's great. I love it. Uh, Red Sox lineup. Uh, I'd be interested to hear who you think the the
1: toughest out in that lineup is. There's two. I'll give you another righty lefty. It's Xander Xander Bogarts and it's Alex Verdugo. Both oh. of them, both of them are tough outs because they can cover the whole plate. And once oh. again, common denominator here for this episode is they don't chase a whole lot. <laughs> if you don't chase. I don't like facing you because I have to throw you strikes. Bogarts stays in his zone. Verdugo did it since he was with the Dodgers. He stays in his zone and they can cover both sides of the plate. If you want to throw them deep in a lot, they can hit that. If you want to just stay away from them, they can hit that. They can both take their hits to both sides of the field. uh, And they both have pop. Um, I mean, seeing what Verdugo did yesterday, he's obviously got that that ice in his veins, the clutch gene, because those are just – those are big hits that I know Red Sox fans will not forget against mm-hmm. a team like the Yankees. Um, and he's another guy that's been there too. Like he's he's a young guy who's played in a lot of big games. And Bogart, so what did they say something like he's like most wins or something in playoffs for the Red Sox in history? Something crazy wow. like that. Well, I feel like possible. I might have heard some. It's possible he's done a lot of them. Yeah. And and I think guys like that that have been there. When when you're going to play in the playoffs and you're going to play in Ideally, a World Series, and you've been there a lot. And it, the more it feels like it's just a baseball game that you can go and execute your plan, I think the more success you'll have. And guys like Bogarts, I think, are, you know, I think they're built for it.
0: So getting back to the Rays here, I, I think one of the reasons they're fascinating is they went the last three months of the year without their best starting pitcher, Tyler Glass, now from the Rose rotation. They traded a dependable veteran in Rich Hill. They got rid of their starting shortstop in Willie Adamas who shined up in Milwaukee and they just keep adding arms. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier that they just have so many different guys for whether it's different angles, different velocities, different spin rates. They figured out exactly what it is. They want, is that why they're the most difficult pitching staff to face?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every guy, every guy on their team does something spectacular and goes out and just uses it. Like there's not a when you watch him pitch, it's not a surprise that this guy's throwing 90% slider. This guy's throwing 90%, you know, rise ball fastballs. Every guy has a has a weapon and they're just like, hey man, go use your strength. It seems to me like they let their guys go out and just they're not trying to fool anybody. This is what I do great. Like they went out and they got a guy like Matt Whistler, who's he's bounced around on some teams but the guy throws 80% sliders, people hit his fastball, but no one hits a slider. And that's a valuable piece to have in a bullpen. If it's like, if I got one out in the seventh inning and I got two guys back-to-back that just cannot hit a slider, big fastball hitters, guess what? He's going to come in here and I promise you, if you ever see a guy like that pitch in the playoffs, he will throw 100% sliders. And if he does and the guy struggles with a slider, they're not going to hit it. And that's just, it's, it's, it's a value to have a special guy that can do that. And then he's done. And then you bring in the guy that, you know, has better fastball. It's a lot of different weapons out there.
0: The, I don't know if you noticed, but the first two starters for the Rays are McClanahan and Baz. Guys who are, I mean, Baz is just a baby. I think he's maybe 21 or something. McClanahan, I think is 25, but they're both rookies. Baz has pitched fewer than five games in the majors. They are not afraid. They are not afraid to throw anybody out there. And I think they're just like, screw it. We believe in what we believe in.
1: I mean, that Baz guy, Baz Boz, is it? Is, is one of those correct? Yeah, Baz Boz. Baz Boz. So when Baz Boz pitches, I'm, I, his, his, his demeanor is impressive. When I see young guys, especially with big stuff, sometimes guys with big stuff are emotional guys, and that helps them because they can go out there and, be like a, almost like a Scherzer, you know, when Scherzer gets into it, he starts floaming at the mouth and he just wants to strike out a hundred guys. Like that's, that's one type of guy out there. I feel like Baz Boz is like just chill as a cucumber. He did not, when, he talk, when I, when I watched him pitch, I was like, Man, this guy is not faced. This guy knows he's good. And I like that. I want my pitchers and my teammates to know they're really good. You can be humble. That's great. Be humble. But like, when you step onto the mound, like I'm better than you and it's, he's got that look, and I can see it. And I think it's great for baseball to watch this kid pitch now.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, Baz Boz is uh, 22 years old. So
1: 22.
0: 22. <sighs> it ain't bad. Uh, so Chris Sale is going to get the ball early in this series as well. You know, he's only made a handful of starts since coming back from Tommy John, where he missed two years. Um, I don't know. How much have you faced him?
1: Very rarely. I think I have – Honestly, I might not have faced him in the regular season. I might have faced him only in um, in spring training. Oh wow! Okay. So I don't. So not a, not a lot of at bats off of him. Yeah,
0: but it, it's the most unorthodox motion I can it is. remember. It
1: is, from what I can remember, it, the big thing is the slider looks like it's a pitch. Out. That was the thing. The, the slider from, from all the way out there, it just it's it starts. Starts way out there. And for whatever reason, it works its way all the way back. In a weird way, they got, they got a right-handed version of him in Hauk. Right. You know what Hauk I'm like, that's, that's right-handed Chris Sale. Throwing at that same angle, throwing – I mean, I'm not going to say right now he's got Chris Sale stuff because then the Red Sox are going to have to pay him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really, really good. Really, really good. We faced him a few times this year. And any time – like I can't imagine being a lefty facing Sale. So when you got, when you got that angle and pitches are starting behind you, you know, we already talked about when pitchers are starting at you and you have to, you have to, you know, stay in there. That's tough. It's tough when, when you might get hit. So that's one thing that makes him good.
0: Okay. Um, Give me a winner of each series. Let's start with Houston and Chicago.
1: I got Houston. I got the, I got Houston going out there and just being, being the better team. Uh The White Sox might be the best team in the entire world and best team on paper. I think when it comes down to playoff series, I think, I think teams do it. I think teams find a way. I think teams that have been there before and not enough White Sox have been there. They want it. They might get emotional. And I think Houston knows what they're doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I've been going back to it too. It's a team that has been there before and I don't think the moment's going to be too big for them. And if they go out and do the thing where, they're really hard outs, and they pitch. They got to pitch, not throw. I think they win the series.
0: And who will they be facing? Tampa Bay or Boston?
1: Tampa. Tampa. Tampa's going to the World Series again. Tampa might win the World Series. They're they, that good. I went when uh, we played every team in the American League this year, and they find. They're just they're they're better than you that day. They find a way to be better than you that day, and they've got so many. They're they're kind of they're they're kind of like the White Sox in a way too. With the they have so many so many deep bullpen arms mm-hmm. to go along with some some good starting pitching. But the the deep bullpen in the playoffs, it's tough, man. You got to go face a guy that's just he's in there to get you out, and then he's done. And the next guy's going to come in and get you out. It's cool. a it's a nice little recipe they have. Right.
0: All right. I love it. Uh, before we let you go, a, a few other quick things. Um, best interaction you have ever had behind the dish with an umpire?
1: You know, some of my favorite interactions are with Ted Barrett. Whenever I get to, whenever I get to break down, anytime he took a punch from Mike Tyson back when they used to spar together, it was right. just fascinating. I think at one point his son uh, was gonna be was trying to become an umpire as well, and so like I don't know running down in the family. Anytime I can. I can kind of get to know these guys on a personal level or or hear some crazy stories. Um, Ted Barrett. Actually, it's funny. Like right here, you can see I got my, I got my Mike Tyson glove. So I'm trying to oh big, big Mike Tyson guy. So um, anytime, anytime I got Ted Barrett behind the plate, I got to ask him some, some cool Tyson questions. Yeah. What did he say about Tyson? I was just, it was amazing. He's, he said he said it's starting to catch up to him a little bit. He, he might have a few uh, screws loose up there from some punches. But anytime like he'll take like a foul ball off the arm and I can see like the massive welt already forming. And I'm like, you're right, man. Do you need like me to give you a second? I'm in. Mean, he's like, it doesn't hurt. He's taking punches to he said Tyson, used to cheap shot him, hit him in the nuts. I'm like, what? That's not okay. Like Tyson is that no, that's not okay. But he would wear it. And so, I mean, that's a that's a bad motherfucker right there, Ted Barrett.
0: How do you tell Mike Tyson not to punch you
1: in the dick? Uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike, please, <laughs> Mike, please don't, like, stop. You psycho, like, <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. You're strong.
0: Still not sure that's going to get the job done. Uh, Joe West is retiring after the postseason. Are you going to miss playing with his jowl down there?
1: (laughs) I I had one time I asked Joe, Joe had just thrown a guy out of a game classic. And I was like, Joe, you just, you throw everybody out, huh? And he's like, the first guy I ever threw out was in 1972. And I'm like, what are you still doing here, man? (laughs) 70-something, you were throwing dudes out of games. You're still here just stomping around, throwing dudes out that piss you off. You know what? You got I got a lot of respect for him for being in the league for that long and uh, he's got the record, right? Most most ever games as an umpire I think. So, hats off to him, but that's uh, I hope he I hope he enjoys retirement.
0: Are there cuz you know, y'all play in July and August it can get a little hot and heated down there. Are there any umpires who really stink? <laughs>
1: I can't I I can't I I I need them back there. I need them for my career really badly. I can't have we can't have robot umpires. If you ever want to uh if you ever want to talk about uh if you ever want to talk about that, I no. Don't please don't take away uh the receiving aspect of baseball. It it keeps my job uh intact. Um so I need these umpires on my side. I take uh there might be a couple there might be a couple smelly ones there's a there's a there's a couple bad ones there's a lot of great ones some fun personalities some not fun personalities but i'm i'm back there absolutely trying to become your best friend though fair enough trying to get fair enough
0: (laughs) um you are an outstanding defensive catcher when you were with the padres you made one amazing play in washington dc where you had to save an errant throw and you ran in the dugout did you know that That my boss, Jimmy, John Boy, made a breakdown of this play? No.
1: Really? No. Did it it break down Soto's athleticism to catch me?
0: Yeah. Well, that was impressive. Well, he did say he saved your ass. Did you say thank you or
1: anything? Oh yeah. He told me, he told me I didn't say thank you, apparently. And then he came up in the box and I, when he came up to hit, and I was like, bro, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much I was going down I, I think I cleared the whole steps there's a lot going on we had a pitcher that it happened twice in that in that year where a ball just like Hosmer's like flipping a ball to not the most athletic pitcher in the world and just like just no catch just straight <laughs> past the glove and like it's one of the plays where I'm like I, I'm not backing up this flip from the first baseman I'm not going to go do it and of course I get I should have been backing up and I had to run like an idiot, dive into the dugout to save a ball. But I didn't know he did a breakdown.
0: Yeah, it was excellent. It was excellent. Uh, By the way, dude, you look like you just ran like the 100 meters. You look like you are so gassed at that point.
1: (laughs) After that play? Yeah. I mean, ah. I'm not, I'm not the fastest guy in the world. So I don't, I'm just, I kind of like let that be like, I'm not going to do a lot of running. So when, sometimes when I do, I get really tired. I don't know why. I get excited. Like if I hit a Homer, I hit, I run way too hard around the bases and I'm always like exhausted, trying to catch my breath in the dugout. I'm like, damn, bro, like, I need to work on that. I'm going to hop on the Peloton here in a minute and get my cardio up. It was great.
0: All right. Before we let you go, we like to do this with everybody on the Chris Rose rotation. We spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. So I've got several categories on here. Moderately, huh?
1: Okay. Yeah, well, that's all.
0: We don't like to say it's the best wheel ever. I mean, come on. We don't matter. It's ourselves. a pretty special
1: looking wheel. I see you put a lot of time into making it. Yeah, I think we spent
0: $11.99 on it. Here we oh, go. nice. That's
1: expensive.
0: <laughs> Ooh, this will be a good one for you. Fasting. When you're hammered, what is your go-to fast food?
1: <laughs> so that's what fasting is huh so it's like the opposite of fasting Yes, it is when i'm hammering go-to fast food when i'm back in back home in san diego del taco 100 percent del taco i go they've got a thing called the fiesta pack where you get like eight bean and cheese burritos and like eight crunchy tacos and those are uh those are gonna make the toilet absolutely blown up the next morning it's gonna say. so oh you're you're done you're absolutely done when that happens. But I mean, otherwise, burger. When I'm out and about, more like East Coast, Texas, that stuff. burger give me some spicy ketchup. Oh, and one of those like sourdough something. I don't know, something bad for you burgers. Oh, the best.
0: Is it bad that that was the most excited you were on the Rose Rotation was talking about which fast food you wanted to nail? <laughs>
1: It might it. be bad. It might be bad. I need to, maybe I need to like baseball more. <laughs> no, dude.
0: Are you kidding? me? Did you say you eat eight of those tacos? Eight?
1: There's eight of each. I'm not sure I, I ever finished the whole thing. There's, you know, when you're hammered, you got to get a group. You got to get the stuff for the group.
0: Oh God. I used to do, cause I lived in Cincinnati right after I graduated from college, White Castle, I would get 2.00 AM sliders and that would just be, ugh that sit in my belly
1: for like a month yeah Uh, mine mine lasts about 12 hours and then it's (laughs) it's a long day on the toilet yeah then you're
0: feeling like you're on a cleanse
1: that's nice (laughs) yes then i am fasting yeah
0: uh awesome this was great man i appreciate the time it was it was good to get to know you a little bit Uh, i've been rooting for you all year as the entire rose family so uh, hopefully we get to see you in Guardians gear next year.
1: Absolutely. I, I hope so, too. I uh, I love that organization. It's a, They treat me really well. Uh, I mean, I had, a, I had an amazing year uh, uh, playing for that organization. So I appreciate the love, man. I appreciate you having me on. This was uh, – I had a blast.
0: Absolutely. And way to break it down. So according to Austin Hedges, your ALCS will be Houston against Tampa Bay. It'll be the same as a year ago. But this time we're going to have massive fans involved, and it'll be a blast. So <laughs> – so thank you very much to Austin Hedges of the Cleveland Guardians. Special shout out to our producer, editor extraordinaire, Robbie Shiraka. We'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.